This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Arsene Wenger's been in Japan for a year. He doesn't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United? It's been a long football and Christmas period. Each Premier League side have played four times within the last few weeks. In that time, the title race has completely shifted. Liverpool are now in control with a four-point gap on Manchester City. Will the nearly 30-year-long wait for a Premier League title finally end for Liverpool this season? Well, they secured that four-point gap with a defeat to Manchester City. So It's the first time a gap has ever been secured while losing. Yeah, like it was an impressive match in so far as the tension it, it, it delivered. It was very that. gripping. Yeah, way. but it was quality-wise, and I think both managers even said it afterwards, like Klopp said they were both terrible. <laughs> after the match yeah it was oddly sloppy and like both teams were just kind of making silly mistakes and stuff like that yeah it was um, it was a weird like if we wanted to talk about that first Liverpool are to, are to, to talk about the underlying matter before we get to the the match well, well, do you want to go back to the start of yeah. how this gap was created because it was surprising it was... like the last show we were on we weren't there was no notion of Liverpool even really maintaining the top of the table let alone it was, I think it was a two point gap in City's favour at that or no it was a one point gap in yeah. Liverpool's favour yeah. at that stage Yeah, and now it's gone up to four yeah it was at nine yeah it was up as far as ten with, with City having played a game fewer yeah Going into certain rounds, because yeah. obviously City lost to uh, was it, it was Leicester. It was Palace first, Palace then first. Leicester. Yeah, which we can go at and turn very quickly. I think the Palace game, City didn't play terribly badly in that match. Yeah, there was an was, element of, of unfortunate or bad luck well, just, in there because yeah, like Andrew, well, like, who who's going to expect Andrew Andrew Townsend to score? scores goal of the season. Yeah, no one's expecting that. Yeah, no one's really going to beat that goal. I don't think either. No, and such then, an amazing strike. And that and then the goal that put it beyond City was the. Kyle Walker gave him a stupid yeah. penalty. Yeah, and then you have situations like the the players, they keep losing players to injury, important players at crucial times. Yeah, like Kevin or, De Bruyne didn't even play yesterday against Liverpool. Exactly. and But you have suspensions, you have with like Fabian Delph getting sent off in the Leicester, match. the Leicester match, which followed up. And Pep, you know, kind of reacting in a strange way by cancelling Christmas holidays. You know, they were meant to have Christmas Eve off, I think, the Man City players. But he made them come in and train all day long. Or watch videos, you know, the type of whatever Pep does to people. And, you know, he reacted badly and then that resulted in them losing the next match. The the Leicester match was more of a surprise, I think, just because you never expect City to... You you would expect, rather, City yeah. to bounce back from a defeat. Like, yeah. it's easy enough to go, OK, they lost one match in isolation, yeah. but to lose a second match in a row... They didn't play well. It's as if... Because that match, they took the lead in. Yeah, they against did. Against Leicester. Bernardo and you're Silva. like, oh, OK. And, le- and even watching it, Man City felt like... Oh, okay. They're gone back into normal mode now. They've taken the lead. They don't then, need to go higher into higher gears to exactly. grind it out or anything. And then they just kind of oh, they conceded a goal, and then you know they kind of just were slogging it for an for an hour afterwards. Basically, it wasn't about an hour they played before the yeah before the it was a late enough. One it was hour. an eighty first minute goal or something like that. It wasn't yeah. even that late. Like, and it was, was a good time. strike as well. Like it was. Yeah, but they he, shouldn't have been in the game. Like if Leicester, like no, no offense to Leicester, but if you know Man City have done it to better teams this season where. They take a lead, or they, you know, they're a better team, and then they just don't let the other team get into it. Like we watched them play Southampton, you know, recently, and it happened in that match. 
and it yeah, happened earlier in the season Southampton, well. Southampton got back into the match and then City yeah. were able to kill it off exactly that was what I mean is like they just okay they've just pushed on and done more and you know I think that might be the blip for Man City in the Premier League season I think it's still going to happen in Europe but the blip in the Premier League season has happened and I think they've recovered from it yeah, like they they've already lost more league games this season than they did in the yeah. entirety of last season, yeah. and I think that was expected to an extent because they won so many matches last year. Yeah, and Pep said that he tried to temper uh, expectations to begin the season by saying we will not get as many points as we got last year. Yeah, he even was saying that back in May at yeah. the end of last yeah. season, like don't expect a hundred points. We're always going to be compared to this team, but don't yeah. bother. Yeah, and you know it, it, we, we're going to try not to do that for this season because a lot, unlike last season this season they actually have a competitor yeah because Liverpool are no longer just a t- like a quite well functioning attack with lots of goals and a completely Hames of a defence they now have a Hames of a midfield <laughs> it seems well not that's unfair to them but they now have a solid defence minus one Croatian centre back and you know the rest of a solid you know a good team that is capable of being currently four points clear at the top of the Premier League they're a lot more balanced than they are definitely yeah. even if the increased defensive solidity has kind of taken away slightly from their goal scoring yeah. prowess it's also highlighted the kind of midfield efficiencies that I just mentioned there. yeah like just to let's go back now to the Manchester City Liverpool match that happened yesterday as we record this on Thursday and like Manchester, you look at Manchester City's midfield they were still they were missing Kevin De Bruyne arguably the best player but they still had a midfield three of Davis Silva, Bernardo Silva and Fernandinho. Yeah. Which is like one of the best, definitely the best midfield in the league, you would say. Yeah, probably overall the best three. And one of the best in Europe. Yeah. And then you, you look at Liverpool's, like I was looking at the team team sheet before big, the match. Big old Jordan Henderson. Like, yeah, Jordan Hendo. Henderson, James Milner, who's just back from an injury as Who well. Who had to go off again. Yeah. Likely didn't look that 100% going off. And then Jorginho Wijnaldum. And like, Who is a w- functioning player and he ran a lot in, during that match. But you look at those three and none of them would get into Man City's midfield. Correct, yeah. Like they, and I to be fair, so. in, the, in the match Liverpool did Wijnaldum actually have... would be a good backup for Fernandinho. He would. Because he runs a lot. But, it, but it did actually turn out in the match that Liverpool had a good bit of midfield control. Yeah. Uh, but that's just because they work so hard. But then when they actually had the ball they just didn't have that creativity. Yeah. I... I also think it was not to... I don't want to give Pep too much credit with this because I don't think it's what he intended at all. But I think a lot of Liverpool's control in the midfield area was very much down to the way Pep had played. Because I don't think it wor- I don't think Pep's game plan worked at all because I think Sergio Aguero was isolated for much of the match. I think it was really breakaways from Raheem Sterling. We saw him do it two or three times, breaking away and then screwing it up the, the way only Raheem Sterling could as a player. He's such a, a mismatch of a player because he's so good at such hard things and so bad at such easy things he's so bad at tapping in shots he's so bad at making the last minute decision yet he's so good at like oh he'll win the ball and beat three players he'll be in the perfect position and then he'll make the wrong pass well there was one moment where actually I I want to give him credit because we watched this match yesterday uh, together and there was one moment where Raheem Sterling broke through and there was someone who was left and Aguero running through more of his right yeah. and he did actually pay, play the ball to Aguero yeah. and I was actually kind of surprised that he made that pass but I thought that was the wrong decision in the same move because I think the player to the left I think it might have been Sané or someone like yeah, that yeah it must have been yeah was like you're in a much better position score the goal yeah, but I, and he gives it to Aguero who's a better player who normally you trust Aguero yeah and Aguero I think brought a save or maybe yeah Alisson made a good save yeah. like, it, it, that was the inter- other interesting thing Chiche was actually at this match at the Eddie had yesterday yeah 
getting to observe both Fernandinho, Firmino, you know, those oh, kind of players. Yeah, it's an and the two, the two goalkeepers, because Alisson played for Brazil at the World Cup yeah. when we all kind of thought Edison should have been playing. But well, of this match... No, I think Alisson has impressed me in the World Cup. I know... No, but going back to yeah. April or so, when yeah. we were kind of talking about it, we were both kind of thinking, well, Edison's had a really good Premier League season. Yeah. He should probably be playing. And he passes the ball and he does everything yeah. correct and he hasn't really made many mistakes. But then Alisson, I think, was definitely the better goalkeeper in the Liverpool-Man City match. Because, yeah. like, Edison, I don't know, was this a specific game plan from Liverpool or was this just a coincidence that they stumbled upon? But they hit a, a few crossfield balls or even just crosses in yeah. to try lure out Ederson. Yeah. And he'd run for the ball and then not get there several yeah. times, leaving yeah. kind of an empty net there yeah. for Liverpool to try and get to pounce on. Yeah. And they were kind of fortunate Man City I'm, to get away with it. I remember one of them particularly the free kick in and a company headed it out of Ederson's hands. Yeah. And that's like, that's the one that really stands out for yeah, me as well. Like, because the earlier the earlier Liverpool we, you know the the goal that wasn't the goal, the ball that went over, that was five or it was nine tenths over the line, but not ten tenths. Yeah, over the it was one point one two centimeters off. Yeah, which is not a goal, so we can't give it a goal. And John, John Stones not meant uh, Mo Salah getting it off the line and everything like that. But for that, you can't really. It was a very strange. Uh, yeah, it was a bit weird. I, I, I of. Phil, not Phil Stones. Phil Stones. John Stones. Is it Jones? <laughs> That's his new name now. <laughs> Phil Stones. John Combine Stones. the two of them together. Oh, John Stones. What a player that would be. Yeah. Uh, between John Stones and Ederson, I think Ederson was more at fault, but it was a bit of an accidental kind yeah, of lack because, of communication Yeah, like the keeper went, thing. if you didn't see the, like, ball went around, uh, Sané had a shot, hit the post. Mane. Mane. It's terrible when they play each other. <laughs> yeah, cause it, just it really is. Mane has a shot, hits the inside the post, comes back out. John Stones is there. Boots it. Is it John Stones that boots it? Yeah, into... it is John Stones. He boots it and then Ederson's Ederson hand. Ha- kind of... Ederson tries to jump on it as John Stones kicks it and it was just an absolute mess. Going in for a great own goal and John Stones clears it off the line and barely crossed the line. But, you know, that was... Liverpool were very quiet up to that point, I thought, during the match. They well, were... that was early enough in the yeah. match. It was about f- 15th minute or something like yeah. that, maybe even a little earlier. But yeah, they hadn't done anything up yeah. to that point and they didn't really do much There's not been right shots after in that. that match. Like, that, that, that's why I think... It, like a lot of people after the match, I think, were, you know, and that happens immediately after a match. You kind of are very, you have that high of enjoying yeah. a match. But having 24 hours now, even at the moment, I was kind of underwhelmed by it. Like it, it missed those kind of chances, like those chances yeah. to go begging, as yeah. you would say, from both teams. Yeah. Like there it wasn't were a, couple, a classic. Yeah, it wasn't a classic. It was probably yeah. one of the better matches we'll see between yeah. two big sides this season. But it was still, even relative to their other matches against each other, yeah. it was a little disappointing. Yeah. It was still a good match, though. Like there was clear, and I don't know, you know, you can say that this is bad quality or anything like that. But there was clear sections during the match where, okay, this is Man City's turn to be on top. Yeah, and they had the ball and they're building attacks. There wasn't enough breaking. of a back and forth. Yeah, there was, and in fact, the probably the only time there was a back and forth was when City scored the winning goal because it was a counter attack, and Liverpool were on top for during that time, and they just kind of got caught out. And it was a really good finish by It Sunday, was, it was excellent know. inside the post and in this time and it's very hard. First for... time that Alisson has conceded twice in the league this yeah, season. Yeah, and it looked well. like it hurt him. Like, Alisson had a good game, I think. Yeah, he, he, he made know, a few good saves. And his distribution was excellent. You couldn't I really blame him for either goal. Like, and then, but Liverpool were a bit, like, you can see their weaknesses, like we talked about the defence and just not having, and we saw this in the Champions League final, if you remember last season. They didn't have, and even though they've off Fabinho on this time and he's a, he's a new player they didn't have last season, but they didn't. They lost Mo Salah in the Champions League final against Real Madrid last season, and they didn't have anything to change up the yeah, game. Yeah, they brought on Adam Milana. Didn't have any create. Yeah, exactly. It's like 
Adam Lallana, I like Adam Lallana as a player, but he's not not going to change a game against Real Madrid. And certainly nobody that was there yesterday that was fit and able to play for Liverpool to come on was able. Like we ha- we have lauded Klopp and Liverpool's business during the summer of improving what was there already, but they are lacking in something to change things. Like Shakiri came on, played a deep line midfield, which was unusual, like a deep line playmaker a la Perlo. And he like spread like spreading passes a bit, but he, it just didn't work. Yeah, like he isn't. It didn't work for what what I don't know what Liverpool were trying to do at that point. They seem to have a lot of bodies up there, but not much idea of how to get them into the match. Like the goal itself, the equaliser came from a kind of like we didn't really speak about Man City's defense, but Man City's defense was all I don't know what Pep was doing. With well, that. they've gone. I think it's ten, maybe even eleven games now in all competitions, having not kept clean sheets. Yeah, and he had three centre backs and Danilo playing he had uh, Laporte playing left back left back which is he never got forward and that was the 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 man, man not man Liverpool's right hand right flank Man City's left flank was where Alexander-Arnold was yeah but it was where Man City were attacking all the time in the first half at least and then a bit in the second half it kind of swapped around a bit with, and it was coming from a deeper more midfield centred approach but Laporte wasn't getting up there so you're having Leroy Sané and you'd have a support from midfield and Aguero was pulling out left to kind of attack Trent Alexander-Arnold and Dejan Lovren. But you if you, you needed that overlap to give an extra overload of players and they didn't have that. Defensively, he's being played out of position and he, he doesn't have the pace to be a fullback, Laporte. No. So you could see it, they were like, Liverpool were playing false wingers. So Sa- like Sa- Salah, for instance, was always cutting in, but there was always that gap there because... The Porto doesn't have the like the present. I know he he could learn anyone can learn to play fullback with someone of his quality, but he didn't have the positional sense all the time to be in the right position, which is why I think company made that challenge because the Porto was out of position. Yeah, and I think that was that was a key moment in the game, not just because it's a controversial controversial. I didn't, think, I didn't even think it was a free kick. Uh, I I did think it was a free kick because I think he does get his man and he lunges in very yeah. wildly, mm. and it it is a company is a trademark company tackle. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to really get into whether I think company it's the right by name, card or not. By nature. Yeah, yeah, because I think the, the key point part of that tackle was not whether he should have gone or not. I think it was that moment kind of set the tone for Salah. Like Salah didn't really do much no. after that. No, and didn't do much before it either. To be fair, he, he was kind like he was involved in that Mane chance, and yeah. he had made a couple of runs before that that didn't yeah. really go anywhere. But you were always thinking, oh, you know, give him one chance and he might do something. Mm-hmm. But after that, it just. Felt like he wasn't going to do anything all match. No, and now that you remind me, like he was really peripheral for the rest of the match. He didn't like for me. He was getting in there, getting on there, got the goal. Uh, Mane was making himself a nuisance throughout the match. He did what he's done for the last few matches, including against Arsenal, dropping very deep to try and be in between the lines, which is why City and we were talking about this earlier about about Aguero being so isolated. City combated Liverpool playing in between the lines by dropping the midfield extremely deep. Bernardo Silva was playing as defensive midfielder. David Silva was playing as a deep line playmaker. It was only like I would say in a normal match, I would I would link to where both uh, Leroy Sané and Raheem Sterling is playing as wing backs, really, because no neither of the fullbacks, Danilo or. Laporte got forward in any way. That was such Not, a huge disadvantage for City that yeah. they were so makeshift at the yeah. back. Like Danilo, but uh, Danilo was, was brought in because I think Kyle Walker was dropped. 
but because Kyle Walker has been poor, like yeah, we yeah. mentioned, Crystal he came Palace. on in the end. He, he came did on come after on eighty something minutes. But like it's so, it's all well and good dropping Kyle Walker after he's had a few bad games. But when you bring in Danilo, it's not much. Of yeah, who, who was really at fault? And then he was caught out for that. I like I said this to you when we were watching. Like I don't know why he didn't start Kyle Walker at right back and move Danilo to left back. He wanted, yeah, that was it. But like I was saying, maybe the the strength and experience of company in the centre defence who's injured again now, and who knows how long he's going to be out for really again. He had to be taken off, uh, and Aguero didn't look 100% either by the end of the match. He might be injured as well. So, like, City did lose people in this match. But, yeah, I don't know. You're, it seems right that if he's dropped, he's dropped, and he didn't want to reintroduce him into the squad, even though he probably needed to, being without a regi- you know a, a recognised, experienced left-back. I know we have the, what should we call him, on the bench. Zinchenko? Zinchenko on the bench. Who, I don't know why. He, that was the other thing. It's like, okay, you don't want to play Kyle Walker at right back and maybe you don't want to play Danilo at left back if you think you know Mo Salah and Trent and Trent Alexander-Arnold might overlap you overwhelm you with that at that position so but pay someone who has Premier League experience and big match experience which he does in, in his young age and Trenko do, has played a, like quite a few matches at at full back and he can do it I don't think he's played in a match this high profile though didn't he play in the Man City Man United match the one that Man City could have won the league with uh, back last season, yeah. uh, I'm not sure now. I well, maybe he didn't, but I remember him playing. I know not to this importance, but you have to play at some point in those matches. It's and the fact he, that that's not really his position either. If he was actually, a, yeah, a, a youth but like player, maybe they want like someone who, who has the right, you know, preferred he, foot. He was also that. he had a really poor first half against Southampton. I know he improved in the second half, but like he was a fall for the goal that they conceded against. Yeah, Southampton. so maybe he's and he was as pressed well. a lot by yeah. uh, Hassan Neutral's side. Like yeah. I think Klopp would have just done the same thing but even to a greater extent perhaps perhaps and maybe they're both dropped and then you're kind of you're cutting off your nose to spite your face I don't I I think I think it might have been part of the tactical plan because in the past uh, Pep has gone into matches against Klopp when he was at Bayern and Pep was and Klopp was at Borussia Dortmund he went into those matches to you know a specific plan to combat the way Klopp plays and maybe playing a kind of withdrawn back four, not very. Who did actually come out a fair bit? They weren't playing a very deep line, you know. When they had the ball, they actually did push out a lot. They were at just on the edge of their, which is probably not much for Man City. Usually, they play in the opponent's half, but they're playing at the edge of their own half for most of the match when they had the ball, which is you know not that deep line. But for the rest of the match, when they were getting off the ball, they were playing very deep, which is unusual for Man City, even against top grade opposition. They tried to keep a very high line. You know, Pep in the past, as I said, in the in Bundesliga, he used to play to combat Klopp playing pre- high pressure football. He used to play long ball. And he's done that in he did that in the Champions League. And you kind of feel that maybe that's what he was trying to do, combat the pressure uh, that they might face when they're on the ball. So Aguero was isolated, but maybe that was the plan: ping long balls towards him, let him run after them, and have the wingers go up as well. The fast wingers in Raheem Sterling and Leroy Sané have them running as well after the ball and then play a very deep line defence when they're off the ball. And maybe that was his plan, and it did work out in the end. Like, I would have said, on the balance of play, Man City probably, they were the better, more impressive team, but they were the home team they were expected to do more. It was a very tight match, and it made me, like, I still think, like, Man City are going to win the league. I think... Even yeah, it's a four-point four gap yeah. now. How do you see it going? Oh, I think Man City is still in the league. I, I would have thought even if Liverpool won that match, because it could have very easily gone the other way or could have easily been a draw. Was, yeah, which would have been a ten-point gap, but yeah. then the draw would have been uh, six, seven, seven. Seven would have remained the same, so seven-point gap. I think it, I whatever the result of that match, and I know you were disappointed it happened so early in the season, we're still half the season left. 
And but, right at the end of a long stretch of games. Yeah, when everyone's kind of wrecked. So they're all and there's kind injuries of and there's, there's players who've been dropped and there's players who are on the bench who are going to be sold soon, I think, on both sides. You know, it's a bit of a wonky time to have a match of such importance to the, the, the whole league. But I still think that Man City will win this league. I don't think... Liverpool will go I know we were talking about it yesterday and you were saying oh, you didn't think that if Liverpool won Man City could recover 10 points and I think they they really can that between now and the end of the season it's, it wasn't a matter Liverpool will drop it, I think 3 to 4 matches but it wasn't a matter of can City do it was whether or not they were willing to go for it when they had other things on their mind True. like the Champions League yeah. that was kind of I think if it was just the Premier League they could break down a 10 point gap but yeah it, with the Champions League and with the pressure that's on Pep to win that, yeah. I think he probably would have just focused. But now it's a four-point gap. Yeah. That's a much bit smaller gap. Four points, you could that could be gone by the end of January, yeah. for all we know. Well, just on one thing to do with that and to do with the longevity of both sides and running into this, I think even if Man City do take their foot off the pedal in the Premier League and go for the Champions League, for instance a lot more they have a quite a substantial squad of high class players which Liverpool don't they did do a lot of work we praised Klopp for the transfers that they made and strengthening the positions they had to strengthen goalkeeper defence midfield you know they did very well at those but they don't have the quality Man City do on the bench they don't have, like De Bruyne didn't play yesterday obviously was not fully fit and was on the bench uh, the likes of Kyle Walker didn't play yesterday you have Gabriel Jesus didn't play yesterday. Like these are players that are would probably all I yeah would all get into that Liverpool team. Yeah, they have like they have incredible squad depth, and that comes from the amount of money they. And spent. then Liverpool, yeah, it does come from the amount of money they spent. Liverpool, they okay, they they have players who were out. You know, Naby Keita. They have who who else? Alex Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Players who could make an appearance for the end of the season. Even Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez. Like uh, I'm not sure about like were they the players to take you to take you in the run into the Premier but, League title? I don't think they are. And then going forward, they really are are lacking in some kind of not a, a you don't need a plan B for plan A is so good. And last season it worked for Liverpool. Their plan A up in attack was work, was working great, and for most of the season and they're still top of the league. It's working great. But if something happens between now and the end of the season, i.e. they had a bad run of form, which could happen. They start losing a couple of matches. They get overloaded with fixtures, which is definitely going to happen because they have Champions League football coming up in February. Likely to have still cup football coming up in February and still to have probably a couple of midweek games in Premier League between January and March. It's it's going to be a very hectic period and I don't think they have the quality and depth. They cer- cer- certainly have the numbers. They've always had the numbers. They have great academy. They have great prospects coming through. They've got rid of some of the dead weight this Christmas. Like Solanke's already gone for good money. They might reinvest... But when you're when you're at Liverpool and you're like, okay, our our strikers aren't really working, we're going to have to bring someone else on. Bring on Daniel Surge. Like Daniel Surge, a good fifteen, maybe twenty minutes yesterday in yeah. that match. Didn't really do much. I don't even remember him getting a touch of the ball. He got one touch. <laughs> the kickoff vaguely. Goal, maybe? No, I don't think he was after that. He came on. Like that's it. Like maybe Shakiri wasn't meant to be playing deep line midfielder, and he went back to get the ball and started playing it back there. Like they they didn't seem to like they don't have that extra oomph, and I think Man City do, and I think even with the lead Liverpool have at the moment the four points, the fact that they've got a lot of matches over with that are tough. Like they've played Man City home and away, they're they played Arsenal home and away, played Arsenal home and away, and come out better in that in that you know obviously won very well in five one at the weekend. They 
will probably still be favourite. I think they're, they're playing at Anfield against Man United. Uh, no, they have to go to Old Trafford. They have to go to Old Trafford. At Anfield for the other two against Chelsea and Tottenham. Chelsea and Tottenham. Probably going to be Tottenham before the end of the month, I think. Is that this? I think it's this month. I, I expect I think, them I think to win that as well. And Chelsea, yeah, I expect them to do well in those matches. So they, they do have... The remaining matches that they have against big sides, I will put them as favourites, comfortably favourites in, yeah. in all of those. It's they're going to do the old thing, which isn't any of their fault. And I don't think it's a psychological thing for against for Liverpool, but it's very difficult when you have a team of the of the strength and quality of Man City, as they currently are, to really put it up to them when you don't have an exceptional squad. Like if this was several years ago, and Conte won the league, and Liverpool are in this league, I think Liverpool win the league. If this was when Mourinho last won the league with Manchester United, with not Manchester United, with Chelsea or even Leicester. Uh, yeah, Leicester. Like they are seasons where there isn't there isn't an outstanding team that's clearly better than everyone else, or clearly of 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 great quality throughout that can compete in European football, that can you know really dominate the league. This season there is, and I think it's unfortunate for Liverpool. It's unfortunate timing. It basically happened with Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, as that well. happens with Liverpool all the time. Really. And it happened. You know, it happened. You can go back in time. It happened, it happened with Benitez. It as happened well. Benitez against Alex Ferguson. It happened with um, Jared Hulia against Arsenal in. 2002 you know it's 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 bad luck for them yeah um, happened it happened with Roy Evans against <laughs> Manchester United and Newcastle in 96 they really could have won that league right up to like April they were in the sh- in with a shout no one remembers that the Spice Boys could have won the a league and cup double that season if they had got their act together they beat Blackburn like like or this was the following season but you know they beat Bla- they beat Blackburn on the final day of the previous season when Black Blackburn won the league yeah, and then they leash. went on a great great run the following season and they were they were electric they were playing 3-5-2 they had all youth players effectively playing scoring like Robbie Fowler scoring 40 odd goals Stan Collymore scoring 30 odd goals Steve McManaman being the best player in the league and they like just threw it all away because they were better teams slightly better teams there and I think again they're just getting a bit of a curse I'm glad I, I do think Man City will probably go on and win it now, but I'm glad that there is at least a title race because the last few Premier League seasons have been a bit drab. It's been no one's retained it since 2009, yeah. but there's been very few actual Which is a title long races. Time. It's it is. been a long time since someone's retained it, and that retention wasn't even. That was the three in a row, United. Yeah, did. that wasn't that impressive if you remember it as well. It was kind of a default retention. It was like there was nobody else in this league. But even just generally, the Premier League has only had two teams to retain the title like Chelsea did it as well Man United did the Man United did it a few three times, times yeah. at least four times yeah. five times so like it is <laughs> while it is tough for a team to retain the title for, for, in regards to Man City yeah. this season I do think they'll go on and do it yeah. and I think this team been, is as good as I agree that it's been other. unlucky for Liverpool yeah. but it's just good that we have a title race at last seemingly yeah yeah and Spurs aren't in it at all just to, to clarify yeah, just to in clarify. terms of the title they race, had a nice three days yeah like I, I thought that was not to go on about it, but I thought that was a bit ridiculous. That no, no animosity towards Spurs at all. Like I wish them well. It, it was just the but fact I, that they got up to second for three days. Yeah, anyway. like but the the league isn't that. You know, there's still twenty odd nearly. Well, there's what eighteen matches left now. I think seventeen. Seventeen matches left now. I don't like. I don't think uh, Spurs being in second place when, like, in reality, two matches could see Chelsea get second place. Yeah, something like, maybe, something maybe like that. Three, maybe it's three matches, but you know, easy, very easy things could turn around. Like that's why, like we were looking, talking, just talking there about Liverpool potential. Like Liverpool were nine points ahead before a fixture was played. Yeah, 
Now it's four. Now it's four. It just helps that the two teams did play each other as well. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it does. But like that's, it's just crazy. Like how we how quickly things can turn around. Maybe we're being facetious talking as we are about you know we think Man City are going to win the league. Yeah, for all though, we know, Tottenham are going to win. The league. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I don't. It. I don't believe. I don't believe for a second that Tottenham are going to win. The league. No, either way. Yeah. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy. Happy New Year. Away from the title race and now into the, the top four battle. Uh, since we last spoke, Manchester United have played four games. Appointed a manager. Appointed a manager. <laughs> none of them involving Jose Mourinho, thankfully. We can we can ignore him for <laughs> another while yet. Uh, When's man, he coming back? <laughs> who knows? We've got a Cats whole year in to the cradle in the uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the man appointed as interim manager for now at least. Uh, they've played Cardiff, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, Newcastle. They've won all four games. The best four fixtures, which is about to be the best five fixtures they could have ever played for a new manager, I think. Cardiff, worst footballing team in the league by miles. Huddersfield, maybe the other worst team. Well, I don't think the worst footballing team. Yeah, quality-wise, Worst form in the league, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so they've I think lost their last eight games. I think quality-wise, they are poor as well. Are they even bottom now? Yeah, they're, they're well bottom. bottom. Yeah, they're they're well bottom. bottom now. I haven't... The, I've, I've neglected the bottom of the table <laughs> we'll get while. to it in the coming months yes uh, Huddersfield go, are going down Cardiff are going down Newcastle are in just such a weird weird position in life right now Newcastle was actually probably their most difficult game just because it was at Newcastle yeah they were against Rafa Benitez they had the likes of John Joe Shelby you know there's a history there with Newcastle yeah, and Manchester yeah, United yeah but it's, it doesn't matter because Newcastle still relatively are an absolute basket case at the moment. There's still protests going on against the manager, or not against the manager, but the owner. Against the owner, fans are losing support of Rafa Benitez, which I don't know. Personally, I think it's a bit crazy considering they they got very angry at him after they lost to Fulham, and he was did they lose to Fulham or drew a Fulham? I think it was a draw. Draw Fulham, and he, was, and he was saying how lucky they were to, and and there were people like we we're playing against the team of the bottom of the league. Yeah, but if Rafa Benitez wasn't there, you'd be bottom of the league. Yeah. That that's the reality. Of I it. think I think that's just a vocal minority, though, that you kind of get. Like Perhaps. even at the end of last season, I'm sure there was a vocal minority of Liverpool fans that were annoyed at Klopp, even though it was obvious Klopp was doing a great job. Yeah. Like that that happens at every club. I yeah, think. yeah. So it's just crazy. But and then their final match against Bournemouth, who've been in free fall since you tipped them for Champions League. <laughs> that's no. Those t- things are not linked. <laughs> I don't know. You seem to have tipped them for like great, like I, to to win the league. I did and, not tip them <laughs> to win the Champions League. Okay. And, uh, They've just been like putting in poor performances. They've got rid of Jermaine Defoe to Rangers on a loan. Yeah, of all of all teams, I think like it, an eighteen month loan. So he's gone. He's not coming yeah, back. Yeah, he's gone. He's thirty something years Bournemouth old. Bournemouth have been unlucky that they played a lot of the top six sides. But yeah, also they're I not Bour- showing up against that. I think Bournemouth's early season form, which put them in a good position and gave them your tip for Champions League success, has led Club to uh, what sort? It's a it's. I think it it's shrouded their true form, which is a classic mid-table Premier League side who will lose a lot of matches when they're played against quality. Like they did well in some matches earlier in the season. Callum Wilson scoring those those fantastic goals he scored near the end of the season, and that's kind of okay. Now you're playing against good teams who are, who've watched you. Yeah, they, they know how a, you play now. They've and got that's a weird it. fixture list this season. Like they'll come good again yeah. when they have to play all the smaller teams again yeah. even though there's very few teams that are actually smaller than Bournemouth yeah. but you know what I mean but to go with Manchester United yeah it's been a comfortable four games again, and now they're playing Reading yeah Reading at the FA Cup it's a comfortable yeah. five games again though you have to wonder 
those five games, how would Mourinho have done? Oh, they would have lost all of them. Yeah, they, they would. They, they would. <laughs> no, the, the greater point there is not necessarily that they've beaten these four teams that you'd expect them to beat. It's more yeah. that there's smiles in everyone's faces again. Everyone seems happy. Freedom, Solskjaer's saying kind of the right thing. Yeah. He's getting Rashford scoring and even playing again. Yeah. Pogba's scoring goals. Rashford playing through the middle. Uh, Lukaku coming on and scoring goals still needs to lose some weight. Uh, Alexis Sanchez having. Getting an assist. No, but like, uh, I thought the interesting thing was one, he did pass the ball for the assist, which, you know, he he's not known for doing doing that in certain. But he would have taken a shot, generally speaking, although he doesn't have terrible assist records by any stretch of the imagination. But more that he was in a position under Mourinho, you were told to stay in an area and you stayed in that area. And if he was playing in Mourinho's side, he would have been over the left hand side or the right, well, the right hand side, whichever side he would have been chosen, probably the left hand side, and would have been holding, hugging the touchline. And would have only come in if he had a chance at the ball. He was coming from the right-hand side through the centre when that was happening, on the counter-attack, per se. But he that would never have happened under Jose Mourinho. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what's got Manchester United fans kind of enjoying their football. Because right. you would enjoy your football now that Mourinho's gone. Uh, and they've got within six points of the Champions League. That's helped by the fact that Chelsea and Arsenal have had a pretty poor <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, they're both, like we, we said this earlier in the season when both managers, Emery and Sarri, were getting a lot of praise leaped on them, that the reckoning would come. And while it's not been awful, but for either side, you can see that neither of these teams are the completed package. Chelsea are in a position of currently clearing out players. Like, Cesc Fabregas has been removed. Uh, will be removed, we think. He hasn't quite gone yet. He's, yeah, he's going this... In the next seven days, Cesc Fabregas would have left Probably, Chelsea yeah. and gone to Monaco. That's The deal is almost done. Uh, players are being kind of shifted out of the team Gary Cahill they've signed Christian Pulisic as well even though he won't arrive till the summer 58 million or something mad money pounds yeah yeah so you know that's he's a great player from what we've seen and he's kind of been cycled out of the Borussia Dortmund team probably something to do with the transfer away from the club and they're yeah and Jane Sancho's found a lot of form as well this yeah. season yeah so I think I think that's that's an interesting signing but apparently the, the word is that there's a lot change about to happen at Chelsea uh, and watching them over the Christmas is, is been so evident that that is just a squad that needs to be completely remade Yeah. whether Maurizio Sarri will be allowed to be the manager yeah. in charge of that new squad we'll, I, I we'll am have to uncertain of but currently I feel kind of bad for him yeah. I mean it was his choice to go to Chelsea but I, and Chelsea never seemed like the right fit for him and especially with this squad, like the yeah. performances, the one against Crystal Palace, they were really poor. They just about won that match. I yeah. can't even remember. The, oh, that was David Luiz played a ball over the top for Angola Kante. Yeah, been, which just keeps being a thing with yeah, David Luiz playing keeps scoring long, as long well, ma- Kante. David Luiz playing long balls to Angolo Kante. Like it's, it doesn't seem like it should work. Yeah, but it is. Angolo Kante is two foot tall. <laughs> but it seems, yeah, it, it has worked so far. They're, you know, he's Sarri's talked extensively about needing new players around Jorginho in midfield to kind of support And not him. needing a new striker, apparently. Yeah. Even but though need, but it's kind of because they've, they're suddenly very lightweight in holding, like not holding midfield because they have Kante still there as well. But in kind of that creative midfield role, they've lost Fabregas now. I don't think Ross Barkley or uh, Robson... Well, no, Loftus Cheek. Loftus Cheek, Robson Canu. Don't know why I went to Robson Canu. <laughs> Loftus Cheek. I don't think either of the, neither of those players are capable of you know being a deputy to Jorginho if he was rested or if they had to play someone else because there is a lot of football coming up for Chelsea. The FA Cup is still going. They're still they're in the League Cup. They've the got League Europa Cup. League coming yeah. up. So there's a lot to and a lot of Premier League football and it's important. And if they want to keep up with that top four race, 
They're, yeah, they're looking at a 60-game season this exactly. year, which is a lot for and, such a thin squad. Yeah, so there, there's a lot to happen. On the other side, Arsenal, they're still in flux. There is, you know, team. Emery seems like he still doesn't really know what no, to do changing, with the players. No, every couple of matches, he's fundamentally changing the way they're playing. He's changing completely, dropping players that, you know, were a kind of form-based players, like... Like Lacazette scores, he gets taken off this after sixty minutes. Yeah, like when was the last time Lacazette finished ninety minutes? I don't know. Minutes? I don't remember. Aubameyang's been kept on and finishing ninety minutes sometimes. Ozil's coming in now the team because he supposedly has a back injury. That, uh, that David Squires uh, yeah. piece was pretty funny. It was like you're dropped. Oh, oh, that was a test. You're captain now. Oh, uh, that was also a test. You're dropped again. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Yeah, and the fact that like Emery is now making intimations that oh, I'm I'm promoting all these players from the youth setup. I'm you know. These are players that have a good future, and like I don't know whether that's posturing for more signings or whether he actually wants to get rid of some of these older hands in the in the team. Like Mkhitaryan's position has not been secure at all. He's been played in Europa League a lot, of the, a lot most of the time as a starter, and then he comes in maybe starts two matches, and then he doesn't start for another two or three matches. Ozil, as we said, is all over the place. His relationship with them is is crazy. Awobi's Aaron, Aaron getting, Ramsey is Aaron Ramsey gone, is apparently is uh, the door. apparently he's agreed terms with a transfer event at the end of the season and. You know that's that's was expected. Something like that had to be expected if you have a player coming into the going out of contract and you don't want to keep them there. That's that's going to happen. But then you know the whole team is a bit like crazy, and the fact that their defense is losing players constantly, as in Rob Holding is out for who who knows how long. Yeah, I think Lauren, near the end of the season. Yeah, I think. Lauren Koscielny is looking like his age now. Even Danny Welbeck could, you know, who knows when he's Danny, Danny Welbeck's coming yeah, back. There's like, been no word on him at all. There, there is. Yeah, it's it's a funny little world at Arsenal. Like I still expect him to do well between now and the end of the season in terms of status quo. Yeah, you'd imagine that challenge for top four. They're the kind of team that I feel like they will have a season of peaks and valleys where yeah. you know they go on that twenty-two match and beat and run. So there are a few draws and then they in there. Lose. It's such a damn squib against Southampton. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they lose a few matches. They have the kind of Christmas they've had, but then all of a sudden they go and they have a good January, February, yeah. but then March there's another dip or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. A classic. They're Arsenal not consistent. Season. Yeah, they won't be consistent. They'll be there thereabouts in the Champions League qualification. I think. Yeah, I, I I can see them focusing more on Europa League because yeah. I just like I almost see them winning because I was looking at the thirty two teams left. There's not a great roster there really. Like I think last Memory year, knows how to win the Europa he does League. as well. He won it at least two, if not three, three times. times. Was he there all three years? Yeah. Like so, With yeah, three separate squad, like effectively, yeah, great pedigree, pedigree there for him in the Europa yeah. League, and the fact that like even just compared to last season. Like they're like Atletico Madrid were there. There's nothing like them this year. Yeah. No, none of the teams that dropped down from Champions yeah. League. You can't imagine threatening. Napoli are going to target it majorly. Yeah, like a lot of the bigger sides. And who else is the like Inter Milan dropped down? But again, I don't. Yeah, see same as Napoli. I don't. I don't think Italian teams have been known not to not to really focus on the Europa League. It's, it has a stigma similar to what it has in the UK. That you know, it's a waste of time. Alan Pardew. What was it that Mick McCarthy said recently about the Europa League when there was a chance that he could. That Wolves, I think, could get into the Europa League through the like get into total cup through the fair play league. He said, "I would go in there and punch the referee <laughs> before you know to, to not allow us to get into the yeah. for good behavior fair play league." Uh, so that's the kind of treatment, and I think it's very similar in in Syria. And I think I think the same thing could apply to Sarri if it comes down to it in a, in near like in March when there's a quarter final to the. Europa League and there's important matches for Chelsea in the league or maybe in the cup I think he might focus on the cup or league instead of the 
Europa League for simply you know to get the higher league position. Yeah, that, that, so that's why there's kind of a dichotomy there. It'll be interesting over the coming yeah. months to see. I think Arsenal have the better chance of winning Europa League just because I think they'll care for it more. And yeah. th- in that way, I think both of them could still qualify for the Champions League, even yeah. though in theory there's only one space available for them because yeah. well, at the moment Spurs at the moment Spurs look like they yeah. have wrapped up third place at least even though that could change because there's still 17 games to go yeah and, and there's then, only how many like five points between yeah it, Chelsea it, it, and it Spurs. could still swing because you know as we said there's a long time to go but it looks like Tottenham have third place and then Man United seem like they need a few things to go their yeah. way because as we said they played four and going on a fifth yeah. now easy match but they play Tottenham right after that so that'll be the first true test yeah. of where Solskjaer has this team yeah. and they've had a five point turnaround already but I don't see there's been a lot of games lately like another well. six points being being dropped by the team in fourth place yeah although Liverpool or not Liverpool Chelsea do play Arsenal relatively yeah, soon which is something Manchester well. United will be looking at and yeah. trying to get the points yeah. around that match so it, it's going to be you know we talked about it being nice that we have a Champions League or a top four or Got my words mixed up here. It's nice that we have a good title, <laughs> a title race. race. Yes, but you know, a good for a good overall Premier League season, we need a title race, a top four battle, and a relegation battle. And I yeah. think at the moment we've kind of got all of that for a kind of classic Premier League season. Yes. Um, and then just the final bit of news here before we uh, go into our predictions for football in 2019. Solanke? The January transfer window <laughs> opened. We kind of mentioned that earlier, yep. but yeah, as you mentioned, Solanke, 19 million. To Bournemouth, I've kind of spoken about that on Twitter. That I think that is more of a like the well, absolute state of this market. I don't know because <laughs> I was interested by Solanke in particular. Crystal Palace wanted him a lot, and the deal fell through last weekend, I believe. The Roy Hodgson spoke about it, saying he thought it was all wrapped up, but it didn't. He's obviously rated somewhere. Liverpool did something to get him. You know, he's been in that squad for a reason. He will get a league title middle if Liverpool go through to win the league at the end of the season. I don't know, like, he must have something going for him. Well, he's still only 21. He did yeah. win the World Cup under-20s with England. So, yeah. he, you know, he's obviously highly rated. But it's just the fact that it, it's it's nothing against Solanke or even Bournemouth or Liverpool or anything involved. It's just the state of this transfer window. Yeah. He's gone from 3 million from Chelsea to Liverpool, yeah. which was sorted out through a tribunal because yeah. of his age. Yeah. He would have gone on a free otherwise to all of a sudden playing 21 matches. A lot of those were substitution appearances, yeah. scoring one goal, which I think came in the cup, but maybe it was the league game. And then all of a sudden he's worth 19 million to Bournemouth. So no, it just one feels... goal and 19 million. He is English. He does help them with their quota of getting you know the English players in the and, squad. And Bournemouth have lost Jermaine Defoe as well. They have lost Jermaine Defoe. They have no other backup really in striker. Maybe, and for Solanke and his career prospects, maybe he will get more game time now. You'd imagine so. I, I, like, I'd imagine he's still going to be on the bench because Callum Wilson and Josh Kane have been doing yeah, quite well so, for Bournemouth this well, season. Well, apart from, well, since you're... Oh, they're still scoring goals. They're just also, you know, uh, conceding. Yeah, yeah. Callum Wilson scored. But other transfer news this Christmas period or this January uh, Adrian Rabiot to Barcelona on a free transfer in the summer yeah. has apparently been agreed. A 10 million a year uh, salary for a five-year contract, yeah. apparently. What was it he said about... Uh, was it Chelsea or... Tottenham. He said Tottenham, Tottenham are beneath me. Tottenham are said. beneath me. That's the history of the Tottenham. Yeah, um, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so I, I liked Rabiot. He's an interesting player. He's he's a bit of an ego about him. He's always had that. That's why he's been dropped by previous managers. Emery dropped him. And Even like, Deschamps. Deschamps at, at the national team. And at, and now Tuchel this year has also kind of tried to find other ways around playing Rabiot. But he's kind of had to play him at some points this season. 
he smacks a bit of a Serge Aurier. Like he could be very talented. He's very talented, very good player. But whether he has the mentality to make it as a big game player, it's yet to be seen. He hasn't made it to Paris. I don't think. No, I don't think he's I, ever come to Celtic that's glory. Poorly for him. Never and shown it in big matches like Six the Real, yeah, or the Real Madrid match. Like didn't didn't show up. I think he scored in that match, but yeah, I get the overall point. Like where where was he? <laughs> the rest of the matches. Yeah. Like that's a lot. No one really covered themselves in glories during those matches. But I think the same could be said when he he's played in you know big big French matches in the Le Classique or against, against Monaco, Monaco or against winning Leon. league. Yeah, like he's never really turned it up. He's a lot of the PSG. Players he's a lot of potential so far, yeah. even though he's up to like twenty. Is he twenty four now or oh, something like that? On, yeah, he's been linked linked to other teams for a good while, like Bayern Munich before Arsenal when he was very young. We'll see. We'll see. Barcelona do need fresh blood, so maybe it is something they can inject in there. They do need a like. They seem to be very piecemeal about the way they're rebuilding that Barcelona squad. They're still being linked with the Ajax pair as well. Yeah. Uh, everyone's kind of being linked D-Lion with the, the uh, Matthias De Ligt and Frankie De Jong. Which would be a very interesting. Jordi Cruyff has told them to go to Barcelona. They're two transfers that could be done in January. I think they would be the two biggest besides the Pulisic one. Yeah. That could be done. But they're cup tied for the Champions League. Well, so. no, they're not because oh, yeah. this is they the first year that that's been removed. But other than those two potential transfers, I don't see any big ones on the horizon. Personally, it generally would, isn't in January. Yeah, if I were those two Ajax players, why I would give this to the summer. Like, yeah, I, I can. You're, I you're, imagine they will. Your stock isn't going to go down between now and the end of the season, especially because they have Real Madrid on the horizon. Yeah, as well. like, like, a big dude, performance in what, there. Like what? Could, like I said when we previewed the Champions League, Ajax could do this Real Madrid side, and if they do that Real Madrid side. There's no one else in the tournament that they could be more afraid of than Real Madrid and their recent history of no matter who they play or how badly they play or how well they play, Real Madrid just win and they yeah. win the Champions League. They've done it four of the last five yeah. seasons. Like it's cr- kind of crazy when you think about it, but they've done it. There's a huge target on their back now. Like the team that does take them out kind of get an even bigger momentum yeah. boost than you normally do. Yeah, not exactly. Madrid. And I think Ajax potentially could do it. Like they they've shown they could do it against top teams against against uh, Bayern Munich. They've shown they can be rough and tumble and dirty as they showed against Benfica. Like, there's no reason why they can't. And if they keep hold of these, the players that they have just till the end of the season, like, it's terrible. You usually used to say, oh, if this Ajax team could hold together for a couple of seasons, but, like, we're only saying till the end of one season. Yeah, it, it would be disappointing if they because left Because the Barcelona are not going to play these guys. Like, maybe they'll get, like, between the, you know, they'll play 10 matches each between now and the end of the season if they go to Barcelona because they're not going to unsettle the, the team. Valverde's not going to do that between now and the end of the season. He's still going to play Rakitic. He's still going to play Pique. He's still going to, you know, he's not going to alter entirely the team to fit these guys in, at least not until the summer. So don't do it. Yeah, I'd agree with I'd agree with your reasons there, and I would say that I think that they probably won't go this window. Maybe a, a deal might be agreed, yeah. and they get loaned back or something the like, Chelsea, like Pulisic. The in another transfer, the Chelsea player, Callum Hudson Odoi. Yeah, that's going the, to buy Munich the thirty million high profile one. Uh, it's rumored to be forty million. Forty euro million now that Chelsea are demanding anyway. <laughs> so it's a lot of money for a player who's all potential at the moment. I know he's very highly rated. I saw him play, and he, yeah, he was excellent. He, By far, the most impressive Chelsea player I saw in person back when they played Arsenal yeah. in Dublin yeah. uh, in preseason. Uh, uh, he, like he came on over the Christmas against Watford, didn't really do very well. But I think he had an injury, was brought on, and then subbed off. By sorry, which seemed a bit harsh, but apparently it's some kind of injury, so yeah. we can't can't really hold that against him. But other than that, he's not really featured. Like uh, obviously, Matthias of this parish. 
as a Chelsea fan, he's told me that he rates Callum Hudson-Odoi very highly and apparently <laughs> is rated very highly uh, around Chelsea. He's one of the best youth prospects they've had since they've brought through so many with this lone army they've got now. Up to 40 players now, I believe, or something ridiculous, ridiculous like that. So it would be a bit sad to see him go second. if he's so highly relate, highly rated yeah. for basically another but I think version his, of his career will be better away from that club probably yeah but he's it, not going to get a chance yeah and it's just sad to see that at yeah. Chelsea even though we all know that's the case like even the best young players players who've proven themselves at other clubs who've come up in Chelsea the likes of you know Patrick Bamford I know maybe not the best example as a player who hasn't made it in the Premier League but you know he scored at other clubs and he went back to Chelsea and get a game Daniel Sturridge very famously did very well at other clubs, came back, barely got a game after, you know, being signed for big money from Man City as it was at the time. Uh, Lukaku probably being the most famous one. Scoring so many goals at West Brom and West Everton. Brom and Everton. Going back and then just getting cast aside. Because why? Who knows? But now, like, they would... If they had Lukaku now, they'd be in a real title challenge. Yeah. I think. That was, that was the interesting thing going back two years when they could have signed... Between him and Morata. Yeah, they wouldn't sump up the cash. Yeah. That, which is ridiculous in its own way because, you know, they shouldn't have had to because he should have been their own player. Exactly. Uh, but I, I don't think we're expecting anything else in January. I don't think any of the other Premier League sides are No, going like, I think there could be a couple of signings here and there, but it's minor going to be utility players. Tottenham like, might sign someone. I think Tottenham will sign somebody because uh, Pochettino's made a point to talk about January for the whole season. Tottenham have to sign someone just to have bodies in there. Like we said, we haven't talked about Son. Son's going away to the Asia Cup. Or has gone away to the yeah, Asia I think, Cup. Yeah, I think he might be gone now after this uh, match. And he's been in the form of his career at Tottenham and, you know, he's a big loss. Yeah. Who, where are they going to get that running from? I don't think Eric Lamel is going to provide it. Uh, other than that, maybe Arsenal sign a defender to, as we said, to cover for Rob Holding. Maybe Man United might make a signing just because all they're going to Solskjaer like throw his weight around. There was talk today that Solskjaer was meeting with Ed Woodward to talk yeah. about transfers. Transfer but, targets. Yeah, I don't know. It's like they, you you having a meeting with the president of the United States to talk about you know oil reform. It's yeah, not, it doesn't really mean anything. But again, Man United are always being linked with uh, Screenier, Inch Milan, or yeah. Koulibaly, like some high profiles. I yeah, don't but think, neither, that, but I don't think none of those that are going to go through. No, yeah. no, not a chance. Roma have risen from their ruins. Nonetheless, the Greek god in Rome. In 2018, France were crowned world champions for the second time. Real Madrid won a third Champions League title in a row. Manchester City won a third Premier League title. PSG, Bayern Munich and Juventus continued their title streaks and Barcelona continued to dominate La Liga. Arsene Wenger's 22-year reign over Arsenal came to an end. Jose Mourinho sacked again and Julian Lopetegui's career totally fell off a cliff within six months. Oh, poor Julian. 2018 featured the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. But what lies ahead of us in 2019? Welcome to the Total Football Podcast Prediction segment yeah let's uh let's just go over what happened last year because we did make predictions last year we made five each let's uh, see what happened let's see what happened that didn't happen so uh we'll start with your predictions andrew okay uh andrew three of yours were correct out of five uh you yeah. predicted Mourinho to be sacked as my United manager which, which was just got in just got, just got in yeah. uh you also predicted brazil to disappoint at the world cup which yes you, which you clarified as a progress past the quarterfinals which they didn't so you got that correct the one you got wrong was Spurs to be, and this is your quote now, dismantled. 
Yep, still going to happen. Uh, and they'll fail to get top four. Didn't happen in 2018, uh, so that no, was incorrect. No, yeah, I, I, they, didn't, they didn't fail to get top four, but I think they will be dismantled. I think that's still ongoing. Yeah. Work <laughs> in progress. <laughs> Wrong for this year. Toby Alderweire. We can always come back with it this year. 22 million. Uh, 25. 25 million. Uh, you're another good one that you correct. I believe at the time I laughed at this one because I thought yeah. there was no way that it was going to happen Arsene Menger to announce his departure as yes. Arsenal manager I, I am just, clairvoyant I never I never thought we, I'd ever see the day and then your final one which I think I laughed at I was right to laugh at yes. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp to leave Liverpool I just thought that that would be the end I thought maybe if they won the Champions League he might have left but he didn't yeah, it was a ballsy prediction you know yeah. you, you got to make those sometimes yeah. Uh, my one, I got two and a half predictions right. So congratulations, Andrew! You won twenty eighteen champion. Uh, you you get to win pride. Yay! <laughs> uh, my predictions were Argentina win the World Cup. Uh, they failed to do that. They got to the last sixteen and lost to France four three in a bizarre match. Your 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 heart overpowered your head. Yeah, I really I really wanted Messi to get it done. Uh, I I kind of got this one right. Sitting to be sacked before the World Cup. He left Real Madrid before the World Cup, but he wasn't sacked. He did leave of his own volition, which not many people can say they, they've done at Real Madrid. No. Uh, I said Mezzos will stay at Arsenal. I was pretty happy with that one. He's uh, signed that <laughs> That's contract. That's bizarre. What do you think about it? At the time, in yeah. December or January, there's a lot of talk of, oh, Ozil's not going to sign a contract. He's going to go somewhere else. But he ended up signing a yeah. bumper contract that uh, he might not see out at all. Uh, I said Shakhtar Donetsk will get to a Champions League semi-final. Nope. No, but they were they weren't that far away. In fairness, because they they, they, they it, pushed. It was City. a toss up at the time Roma. of do I go with them or Roma, and Roma did get yeah, there. Yeah, Roma got there in the end. So I, I almost got yeah, right. Yeah, if they had just pushed past Roma. And then kind of an easy one that I got. Uh, my final prediction was Antonio Conte to leave Chelsea, which almost didn't happen. <laughs> just through, just through, yeah. Uh, just kind of like you know, a Seinfeld and George Costanza kind of refuses to leave his job. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that one. Uh, so congratulations you won 2018 but you have to defend your title now in 2019 okay well I do you want to open then as, uh, uh, you can open as, as oh, loser I, I'm get, I'm getting loser goes first loser goes first <laughs> story of my life yeah um, oh, see last year I came up with kind of 7 and had 5 to choose from this year I have like 13 to choose yeah. from <laughs> so pick your whatever year you think your strongest one is oh I don't know I'm going to go with this one. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino will remain loyal to Tottenham in part due to promises to spend in the summer, which they do, but only about sixty million. Okay, that's a big one. There. No, I, I can I can see that. I'm not I'm not in, in in disagreement with that at all. I think that could could well happen. I don't see him saying at there. I'm not I'm not going to go against you with my first prediction. My first prediction is similar, in a different way. Ollie going to Solskjaer to get the United job permanently. Ooh. And then crash and burn. <laughs> what what constitutes this crash and burn? Like eventually get sacked probably before the end of the year, but not necessarily. As in they start start the new season in a Moyes like way. Okay, so if they get to say this time next year and they're not in the top six, yeah, he's crashed the, and burned. Yeah, in the top in the top five. Top five. Okay, I'll give you I'll top, give five, top five. Because Maynard could default. They could six. just yeah say there's no one going to beat them to six. Yeah, necessarily. Um, I'm going to go with one that's purely my heart over my head here okay. Republic of Ireland to qualify for Euro 2020 finally avenging the <laughs> 5-1 to Denmark With it, before the end ceiling second in the group <laughs> not even first they're going to get second okay Mick McCarthy does the job sees us over the line gets to get gets to, to go the, the easiest tournament in the world to qualify for yeah but 
we're which we are not in a good position to qualify for. We're the Republic of Ireland, you know. Yeah, we're, the Republic of Ireland should be in the top thirty-two team or twenty-four, twenty-four teams in Europe. Uh, we aren't really though. There's barely twenty-four countries in Europe. <laughs> there's fifty-six. How is there fifty-six football <laughs> associations in Europe? Okay, fair enough. I'll give you that one. Do you see that one happening? I would give it a 40% chance at this I'll moment. take that. I will take that. I don't necessarily think they're the worst team in the world. I probably think they're qualified. They're, they're probably in the top 24 teams in Europe. That doesn't mean they get qualified. No, it doesn't. But I, because of everything else that's happened in the past year, it doesn't mean they're qualified. If we had, like, I don't know how good Mick McCarthy is as a manager in international level anymore, but if we had Mick McCarthy appointed a year ago, say post whatever the World Cup. Post failure to qualify, yeah. yeah. The fiasco, I was going to call it, the the, the playoff. The 5 1, as I mentioned. Yeah, if Mick McCarthy was appointed then, maybe we wouldn't have. I think. I don't think we would have won our group in. We might not have been embarrassed the way we were. Yeah, we mightn't have been relegated. We might have performed a bit better than we did, like maybe finished second. Yeah. In that group, maybe not. Uh, Then. My, your, your second prediction. My second prediction is also relating to international football. Mick McCarthy to rebuild the Irish squad with a whole new first team to be introduced. Which, to clarify, at least five outfield players to be in the first choice. In the starting eleven, is yeah. it? Okay. Be, if you were to like, if you had the squad, because you know international football is in flux a lot of the time, and you might you know drop players. But if you had the squad he assembles between now and the end of the year, if you had to pick, if you had to pick it from say twenty odd players of choosing or twenty two. The first eleven that would be likely to play will have five new players or players not currently in it. So based on based Martin O'Neill's squads, yeah, based on Martin O'Neill's squad. So players that either have been ostracised by Martin O'Neill, Roy Keane. So Harry or, Archer coming back in, yeah, and being a first choice player, like yeah. clearly because he isn't at the moment. Or Matt Doherty. Well, Matt Doherty did get in, but yeah, Matt Doherty, I would think would, would he would Nathan be Nathan Redmond. Yeah, Nathan Redmond. You know, Declan Rice. Declan Rice coming back. Uh, Patrick Bamford who I've mentioned already if he if he gets put in as a striker and then a few championship the, players yeah exactly some of the stri- some of the players that are playing in the championship well at the moment maybe you know he brings Daryl Murphy back from retirement uh, maybe there's you know a, a complete change of system and we have you know we can fit Matt Doherty Cyrus Christie and, and Seamus Coleman and Seamus Coleman in one team we love which, our right backs well like if they are they are all playing Premier League football like Cyrus Christie's had an, an off pushing season, but I think that's more down to Fulham. I think he's played well. I thought he played very well in all the matches I've seen in December of him playing as an attacking fullback. I think he's been excellent. Matt Dardu, we've talked about before in the in one of the standout performers in the league this season. Exactly, especially from the position he starts. Seamus Coleman is getting on, but I think Seamus Coleman's leadership and his he, he's still a very good player. Maybe he should move back into a, a centre half position a bit more and that could facilitate it in. Maybe Mick McCarthy mightn't say true to to uh, Darren Randolph he probably should but maybe he'll give a chance to some of the other goalkeepers that are playing yeah your man at uh, Newcastle even yeah exactly uh, Elliot I think, well, I, think I don't know if he's at Newcastle anymore is he uh, I can't I just know they're playing but there, there's other there's players playing yeah. in championship uh, goal I, I could see that happening yeah. you know and maybe we do find more midfielders somewhere uh, I don't know at the moment who they could be, but you know, there's different players in, in that could come through. I think five isn't in five is a fundamental change. Say yeah. five outfield players, you only have ten outfield players. Five players could change. 
yeah. very and change the whole team and the dynamics of the whole squad. And I think that could happen very well before the end of the season. I could be wrong. It could just be a rehash of Martin O'Neill era and he just plays the same players and we get very poor football and Glenn Whelan comes back. Could happen. I hope not. And James McLean still plays, you know. I think things will change. Hopefully. And we're, we're both hopeful for a good 2019 yeah. in regards to Irish football, yeah. certainly. Uh, my third prediction is uh, Leeds United are finally promoted to the Premier League after nearly two decades away Stole from the top Stolen one flight. of mine. However, <laughs> yes. Bielsa won't last till Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of kind of a rehash. I did have one that was leads to finally get promoted back to the top flight. The top flight to finally get to experience Bucket Man. Yeah, that Bucket is Man. Uh, Marco Bielsa or Marcelo Bielsa. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that happening and definitely see him crashing and burning, yeah. burning out this team. I think he'll probably burn out the team, the Leeds team, before the end of the season. Probably, but I'm going to remain open yeah, for Leeds' like, sake. You don't know. I, I hope, this is more of a hope, but with Leeds, I think Bielsa will get definitely get Leeds promoted in some one way by hook or by crook. He'll get them promoted before the end of the season. But they could have a very, you know, I think it was when Watford got promoted, and I think it happened. What other team got promoted and then sacked their manager? Yeah, a few teams have done it lately, but Watford are the bigger example. Yeah, that I'm thinking of that like they they gone and then he's just like no, he's lost the dressing room, <laughs> he's lost all the players. We can't keep giving him the job, and he gets sacked, and then maybe I don't know what happens to Bielsa. I hope he gets a Premier League just to see him in the Premier League in the top flight. Hopefully. I'd love Bielsa against you know Pep just for the the because I don't think they've ever. No, it wouldn't happen in Spain. I don't think so. I don't think was he at still at Atletico? No, he was. Was he? Was he still at Atletico? Oh, when? he must have been. Yeah, because Pep was actually. Yeah, he must have. Yeah, they definitely did. Or at not Atletico at Atletico. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what is your third prediction? Oh, now that you've ruined my <laughs> my Leeds United prediction, she gone sooner. Hmm. Let's see. What's Based on what we were saying earlier, I'll go for this because I don't think you'll have it. Arsenal qualify for the Champions League by hook or by crook. They will qualify for the Champions League. It may be through Europa League qualification. Okay. It may be via the the actual top, top four. Top yeah. four. But I think Arsenal will get to the Champions League. I think that will be Emery's. That'll be that'll, that'll be, be his, that'll be his yeah goal for the season, and I think there'll be a major rebuilding when at Arsenal done this summer. Yeah, I did actually have Arsenal to win the Europa League, but I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to use that one because yeah. the other stipulation I had. Um, what was the other stipulation? To Manchester United to win the Champions League was a paired. I, <laughs> I, I, I wrote it down. I, I wrote it down. Know. I wrote it down. I did not use it. Okay, this this one's uh, kind of out of left field here, but uh, Phil Neville matches the achievement of Gareth Southgate a World Cup semi final as England manager. That is an interesting one at the Women's World Cup. Which is in... When does that start? That's it? this summer, I think. Yeah. Is it sweet? Uh, I'm not sure now, to be honest. Where it is. It's, be, it's being expected to be a big tournament, so there's going to yeah, be a lot yeah, of the, eyes. The draw was made is, recently. Yeah. You see, the thing is... Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Like, last time around, they made it to the semi-finals, didn't they, England? I'm I, I'm going to be honest here. I don't I don't have the biggest uh, knowledge base of Yeah, football. but we'll find out more. Please let us know this next. But yeah, I can see it happening. I just Phil Neville has a habit of putting his foot into it, like, and I'm not just talking about Euro 2000 against Romania giving away a penalty in the 90th minute to knocking it out of the group stages after beating Germany in the first match, which you know why and put going I think two 0 up against Portugal as well. But they got knocked out, and that was Phil Neville's fault, and he was you know ostracized from the rest of 
the world for the rest of his <laughs> career as a result of that. But England, like this, this, this women's side always goes into tournaments hyped the way England teams generally do get into tournaments hyped. And they have yet to really show that they're, what is their perceived quality. You know, the fact that you have a women's super league now in England, which is filled with semi-professional for the most part players and you know you have like Arsenal going on amazing runs you have this Chelsea side still doing well you have Liverpool ladies do, like previously doing well you have now a, a Manchester United team which you didn't have previously you have the Man City team you have way more competition in that Doncaster Bells you know like traditional older teams that have been knocking around for years and now you know that that has a full two years to really influence this and maybe that'll show in England but maybe I think it'll also show with the Netherlands and other teams like that who have also players in the Women's Premier Super League that uh, may also get a great benefit from it that England mightn't be counting on I would think they wouldn't even be my I put the Netherlands as a much more likely team to win it and as, and obviously you're still going to have USA Brazil are going to be more much more into this tournament well I did only go to the semi-final I know matching, I know matching Gareth Southgate I know we'll probably talk about it more closely to the to the tournament itself when we have a bit more knowledge on the the whole tournament as it is but yeah it, it, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you but again another 40%er I think <laughs> I'll take the 40%er what's your fourth one then okay this is again relating to the Premier League uh, Mauricio Sarri to start to fail at Chelsea and become another dead man walking Chelsea manager. Not necessarily sacked. So Ala Conte, another, you know, he's doing okay, but it's, you know, you can There's see... There's talk that, of him going. Yeah, and then he just ends up staying on as a manager. And like you said earlier when we were talking about it, like, do you think this is the guy to rebuild it? I never got the impression he's a guy to rebuild, but he is a he is a stayer, is Sarri. He does like stay through with a club he doesn't just walk away at the first sign of something going wrong he's not a Jose Mourinho he's not a name another manager who's quick like he's not a Pellegrini even Antonio Conte himself. Antonio Conte exactly he is someone like he's done it at Empoli he did it at, at like there was opportunities galore for him to leave uh, that club and to leave in Napoli and he didn't take them he stayed on he, he served out his contract if you remember he served out till Chelsea eventually bought him out of his contract even though it was announced and I believe even though Carlo Ancelotti had over had taken over, he, he was still technically manager of Napoli. So, you know, he is a stayer. And I don't think, given the weird climate that's currently at Chelsea, that that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, interesting. Uh, I had I had a prediction written down for him to be sacked this year. but uh, I've ruined it for you now. No, it's okay. I don't think I was going to use that. I'm going to go with this one for my final one. Jose Mourinho remains unemployed as a manager for all of 2019. Ooh. So he doesn't doesn't get the Real Madrid job, doesn't doesn't go to Portugal. I think he would only Portugal I don't think is gonna happen this this phase because I think they're sticking with what they have and they have a, a solid unit built up and they've, you know, cocooned Cristiano Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo with all the allegations that were made against him and he's not gonna play the qualifying but he'll play the tournament, whatever they're gonna do with that. Or he's is he going to play this year? I don't know. Well, he didn't play the Nations League. Yeah, I know there was, but he was that was he was given that time off, or there was some bizarre terminology, PR speak they use around it. Uh, when it comes to the, the other jobs, I don't think the only jobs he would get would be Inter. Yeah, which, Real Madrid, I think as well. Yeah, but Inter, it's not going to happen because Spalletti has built an anti-Mourinho side. And if he was given Inter, he'd need a huge amount of money to rebuild them. I don't think Mourinho could turn this Inter side 
as it currently sits into a Jose Mourinho defensive first side. I don't think it's in it's in the players that are there. And I think if he went there and he finally got Perisic, I think he would lose a lot of players that are already there. They would want out. When it comes to Real Madrid, I think he would be an extreme backup for Real Madrid. And it's not one of my predictions, so I'm going to ruin one of your predictions. I would think that Pellegrini will go to Real Madrid in the summer. Pochettino. Pos- Pellegrini. Pochettino will go to Real Madrid in the summer and I think it would only be if they didn't get Pochettino and they didn't get whoever number two is whether it's Julian Nagelsmann who was going to Leipzig I believe in the summer or Allegri or something or yeah Allegri comes available if Juventus finally win the Champions League I I think he would be a he would be number four or number five I think he I think uh, Florentino Perez has to go for one of those bigger in vogue names I think Mourinho will be a backup and it would ve- feel very much like when uh Perez appointed Benitez is that this is only a, a stopgap. The thing in common that kind of Florentino Perez and Inter Milan have in common is they don't know when to do football. Yeah, they don't really. They yeah. they are the kind of clubs that but would Inter go back to Mourinho the, despite everything. That's the just financial happened. outlay that Inter would have to spend to get Mourinho into a team, in, in Mourinho back into title contention. Yeah, would be crazy. Uh, yeah, that's why I think he'll remain. That that, that's why I think he'll remain unemployed. Yeah, yeah. and I think he's a, he's a third or fourth choice around Madrid. And, yeah, I, I don't, don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he could be Real Madrid manager before the end of the year. Like, I don't think it's just like, oh, Alex Ferguson's definitely not going to be Real Madrid manager at the end of the year. I think we all. That's fair enough. Yeah, but I think if we were to say with a hundred percent certainty that Mourinho's definitely not going to be Real Madrid manager at the end of the year, given the history, given what we know about Florentino Perez, given what we know about Mourinho, I think that's f- f- you know. Okay. And then what's your final prediction? So my final one, I'll go for manager one as well. Arsene Wenger is going to return to club football in a big way. Okay, what constitutes a big way? So maybe it's Bayern, maybe it's elsewhere. So in a big way, do you mean a like Champions League team? Yes. Okay. I think he's going to take over one of the big, one of the clubs. I think he's done his, he's done his service with the, I don't want to call Arsenal a small club, but he's done his service with the, Teams that are not the primates of their country. So a primate club in the country would be what? Real Madrid in Spain. Would be Juventus in... Italy. Italy. Would be Bayern Munich in Germany. Would be Paris in... Currently Paris Saint-Germain in France. Or would be Man United or Liverpool in England. In the big five leagues. I think he's done his time with the secondary... Like the rivalry club. He did it with Monaco. He did it in Japan. (laughs) He's done it with Arsenal. And he's brought that up. I think he, he... not that he wants this, I think he probably would like a challenge, but I think he will take one of the big jobs. That Bayern Munich would still be a challenge. Oh, absolutely a challenge, but you know what I mean. It's a different type of challenge. I think he gets a lot of um, like the Mourinho like almost had a complex about him that he wouldn't. He's not winning anything, and he wasn't getting sacked, even though what he was doing was a lot different from what Mourinho was doing and a lot different budget. It was like it wasn't comparing. It was apples and oranges. Yeah. Orange case. Yeah, it was entirely, and I think. I don't know if he wants it, but I think these jobs have been offered to him in the past. He's, you know, he's spoken before about Real Madrid trying to get him multiple times. He's spoken about Barcelona trying to get him. He's spoken about Italian clubs trying to get him. He's spoken about national teams trying to get him. He spoke. To, he turned down Bayern Munich after when he was at Monaco, out of loyalty to Monaco back in like ninety four, ninety five, when when Giovanni Draptoni was appointed. And he could, like the way Marie, uh, Wenger works, he could still be at Bayern Munich if he had taken that job, quite possibly. And he has German. I think Bayern is there. I like the other clubs are there, but I think Juventus are safe currently. Allegri is not going unless he, he just really signed a new contract. Chooses to leave. I think Real Madrid is a possibility, but again, he would be 
behind the likes of Pochettino, behind the likes of whoever else is on that short list. And I don't think another club in England is likely at this point, even though I know he's an Anglophone and he likes England. I, I don't think he'd take another English job either. Yeah, like other than maybe other the than national Lee, team. England job, yeah. yeah. like maybe he'll take over at Leeds after... <laughs> that would be glorious. Oh my God, don't even, don't even want to think <laughs> about how glorious that Could would you be. imagine a 1-2 team of, uh, of Wenger and... Uh, Bielsa oh man that's the dream right there that's probably like the perfect managerial combination you have like unbelievably structured Bielsa and just free-flowing Wenger <laughs> both at one club so those are our predictions for 2019 listener if you have any don't be afraid to send them in in their various in the various forms that you can if you think like Hector Bellerin is going to come out with a completely new look can't believe we can't believe we never mentioned the fact that he's definitely going to drop an album this year. Oh, I hope he does mixtape, not an album. No, he's dropping an album. No, he's dropping a mixtape. <laughs> no, he's dropping you drop a, a mixtape. You don't drop an album anymore. You drop a mixtape. Uh, they are in. I think he's got an album in him. Did you see him on Arsenal Juniors? No, he was on Arsenal Juniors. They had some kind of kids' day for you know local children at, at Arsenal. You know, Arsenal, the Arsenal Foundation is a very good foundation, charitable foundation in London, and Bellerin was at this interviewing children because he's Hector Bellerin of course and he had his accent it's terrible I refuse asked, to listen to him speak oh he was so good you should we, we should probably cut it into the show it's just him talking to a kid and it's just I don't want to have to listen to him speak oh, it's much so like good. you and I Emery anytime he comes on TV I'm like just put on the subtitles man Hector Please. Hector well done Hector so uh, listener we hope you have a lovely 2019 I hope you keep listening uh, I hope you enjoy the footballing world and the various turns that this uh, sport bring will bring us in 2019 because well frankly predicting football is a very difficult thing to do even though we've just tried to do it uh, we've done it successfully I don't know what you're on about yeah we, you know our scores were all better than I thought they'd do yeah. even if there were a couple of cheap ones in there I feel like we've avoided the cheaper ones this year yeah we, we've gone for I had more do you want my cheap ones yeah go for the give us the spare ones there Barcelona to win the Champions League yeah, uh, I also have. I've closed it now, but uh, Bayern. I had the league title winners, so Man City, Bayern, yeah, uh, PSG, Juventus, and Barcelona to win in Spain. I had. Uh, I can't think right now. You tell me another one. I had Eden Hazard to stay at Chelsea. To I had him to go efforts. to Real Madrid. I had. Uh, that was a, a counterpoint point to you. I to reach the Champions League semi final. Oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, Uruguay to win Copa America. Oh. Uh, sorry, sacks the record transfer fee broken in 2019. Those are some of my. Uh, who would win the? Who would be the record? I was thinking I about transfers. Even, that's why I didn't use it. So it's like I, Neymar. Would Neymar go to Real Madrid? I think it's possible. I think it's about thirty percent possible. That would be a three hundred million transfer. I yeah, think. probably. But that you know would Paris? Paris don't have to let him go. They no. can let him rot in the reserves for all they care. So yeah, Qatar uh, expanded to forty eight teams. You know, no, I thought you were going of... to go for Qatar to be cancelled. No, something. I was. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, well, I think it might happen. But I don't think it's going to happen this year. Maybe twenty twenty. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, they they are our predictions, both official and unofficial now. Yes. Uh, so yeah, hope hope uh, everyone has a prosperous twenty nineteen, and uh, we'll be back again with our next episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show. Spread the word of the Total Football Takeover. You can also follow us on social media at the TF Pod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. You can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify, by searching Total Football Podcast. The more the merrier. That's what we always say. <laughs>